Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today we have with us Keith Anthony Blanchard. Keith is the founder and the host for Center of Light radio and TV show. He is also a best-selling author, and he's joining me today to talk about his newest bestseller, Homecoming, Crossing the Bridge to the Soul. He is a spiritual leader and is broad and vast spiritual wisdom and background enlightens and resonates with a wide range of spiritual seekers and light workers. And I am just so excited to have Keith with us today. Hi, Keith. Hi, Shannon. <laughs> How are you? Good. And you're from Louisiana. I am. I'm from New Orleans. Yeah. I'm from Homa. I know. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. You know, it's so funny because I'm like, I think I know him. Do you ever get that feeling? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, all the time. Yeah, I know. Especially with people from Louisiana, right? <laughs> you can smell it. Oh, my God. That's so funny. You sure can. Did you listen to a bit of my ancestry? I, I listened to the whole thing. You did? Yeah. Wow, thank you. I enjoyed it. You painted the picture so effortlessly. I mean, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. because I could see it. You know, I could see it so clearly. I felt like I knew the people and the stories. But did you learn anything new? Oh, yeah, I learned a lot. I, it was just laid out in such an easy way. There was no way I could not take it. In fact, I was wanting more. It was a great audiobook. It sounded like an audiobook that had six more chapters. It really did. Well, thank you. It was, you know, it just became a huge passion for me, for myself. You know, I felt like the healing. I could feel the healing as I was going through it. There, it was like ups and downs and learning like this true history that has not been told and really understanding the importance of the people of Louisiana that never is ever told. People just think Louisiana is just a tiny little, you know, boot at the bottom and yeah. No, it's very significant to the history of this country. Well, the Louisiana Purchase was was the country at one time. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I mean, touched on sixteen parts of you know, even parts of Colorado, which was just yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I didn't pay attention in school, which likely Keith, I did not pay attention in school. <laughs> I didn't either. I left. Didn't like I left the school system. I wasn't interested. Yeah, you know, it's a system. I I've never really fit in any of the systems. I mean, not the political system. I don't fit in. I don't fit in the laws, unfortunately, which I, I do see, you know, the importance. I never fit in like the religion system, like any of it. I always was seeking for more that there had to have been something outside of this box. I almost felt defiant. I was. <laughs> and it was natural. I didn't have, well, maybe, nah, I don't really have a beef with the system or any system or I was yeah, me either. innately defiant. Right. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to show you. I'm going to do it anyway. It was an internal struggle, I would say, ever yeah. since I was very little. You grew up Catholic. Yeah, I was Catholic. Was. I'm recovering. Yeah. <laughs> recovering Catholic. Yeah. Were your family like super Catholic? I mean, did you go to Catholic school? All, all the stuff? Went to catechism. My dad was a catechism teacher. Um, we weren't like super hunkered into the Catholicism. It was just what you do. That's what the family do. We go to church on Sunday. I was an altar boy. I liked seeing my name on the billboard, knowing when I was going to serve as an altar boy again. So I always like my name in lights, be recognized, right? 
And then 12 years old, my father puts an electric guitar in my hands. Started doing that. But also at about 15 years old, there was a split that was created in me. And that split was, I like this music stuff. But there was also a calling, a spiritual calling there. And hormones are kicking in, puberty, good looking girl. She likes the guitar player. <laughs> God goes to the closet. But I was truly considering at that age between the guitar as well as becoming a Catholic priest. I went to seminary and the music spoke louder. God goes in the closet, guitar stays out. Dated the girl 10 years when she left. Back to the closet, I went to pull up God and kept playing music. But now I needed something else. And that was the great one of the greatest transitions in my life was her leaving me in my angry, whatever. What was that word we used earlier? Defiant self. But it was the stepping stone of a door opening very widely. So that pain to purpose. Absolutely. You know, when I was in high school, I did my senior project on maybe becoming a pastor. But being a woman from Louisiana, especially in Colorado, it was very different because, you know, women here in Colorado, they were working for Ever. I mean, my partner's grandmother went to college, you know, stuff like that in Louisiana, unheard of. You know, you stayed home, you take care of your kids, you serve your husband. <laughs> so I really didn't have a lot of dreams of what I was going to be, even that. But I did have a call, I think, as well, always to connect spiritually. And I never knew which way that would be, even though I grew up Catholic. Like, I always used to like the fellowship church because I liked the music. You know, I just was always seeking it. Sounds like that's kind of what you did too. Time to come home. (laughs) The one knocking on my door, right? Right. When did you realize that though? When did you realize you were more than just like this meat suit? I know that at six years old in the consciousness level that I had at that age, I started asking some serious questions. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Who am I? And where am I going? At six? Yeah. Okay. I was curious about, I don't know, these four questions were sort of like in my conscious frame of reference, the base of my existence is simply the, in these four questions. Where did I come from? Who am I now? Why am I here? And where am I going? And though I wanted those answers immediately at that age, little did I realize they became the unfoldment of my life just because it was my disposition to seek and to eke out. Do you think you know that now? I do. I absolutely know that. So was that the journey? Is that everyone's journey? It was the unfoldment of the flower. That's right. It was the journey. Yeah. I think people don't get that. That is the journey. Yeah. To rediscover, to like remember who you are beyond even your ancestry. We were just talking about beyond your experiences that you've had in this life, you know, whether, you know, it's loss or hardship. I mean, all that helps us remember who we really are. Yeah, it, it's a, a remembering. It's also a not doing. And we have to be careful because even in the not doing, that could be a doing, <laughs> right? I know, that polarity is not the truth. And in that hole, in that tiny, minute little wormhole is everything. And it's about being still just completely still and realizing there's nothing I have to do except that which I want to do because it brings me joy. 
Mm-hmm. That's the magic. That's the power. Every second, every minute, every hour. That's the gate back to where we already are because we couldn't be here if we were not there to project 98.6 degrees of energy into your body, light onto this planet, this plateau. So we are there. I mean, you plug in a light from the wall, from the source, it's generator. It's impossible. Without yeah. the all of it, nothing would exist. And the magic is in the nothing of all that exists. Wow, I just had that visual of like unplugging a light. I mean, that's just the artificial light, right? That's not the real stuff because the real stuff can't go out. The real stuff doesn't die. It's always burning within you. It's just plugging into that source, right? And, you know, we are already there. We're already plugged into the source. We are that source. The dance, the method, the journey, the tendencies should be to become aware of that. Yeah. And in that awareness of it, something happens from the inside out where it just goes, it expands like a breath you blow into a balloon. And Mm -hmm. the next time you fall a little deeper into that gate, you open again. And this is the process. And it's a letting go. And you can also implement certain things, the doings of it, the prayers or meditations. But ultimately, that stuff is all going to fall away. There's no more prayer. There is no meditation. I've expanded the balloon so much it popped. And now there's no more edge of the balloon. I am in the divine ocean. I'm not a drop of the divine ocean. I'm the divine ocean in a drop. We're all this. Right. Oh my gosh. You're so right. It's like, used to be so hard to get to this place, but now I am this place. Yes. Wow. Then then it's, I am this space. (laughs) It goes deeper and deeper. Yeah. How long did that take you? What was that unfolding looking like? I mean, you said you picked up the guitar. We were just chatting about you opening for some of these rock bands. Did you, you had a little fun on the road, it sounds like. If you mean that literally as far as a rock and roll perspective, I've done it all. <laughs> but let's use that analogously to a deeper aspect of the question you posed, which was, you know, how did this all unfold? How did I recognize the unfoldment? What did that look like? What does it still look like, in fact? It's me looking into a mirror, admitting that I love myself. Mm. That, that's sort of how it played out. Of course, there were different events, different situations, and how it all unfolded. But the, the master folder of how did this play out for me hindsight, I can look back and see every step of the way was no more or less important than the one before or the one after. It's so easy. It's never hard. It's never meant to have been hard. There's nothing you have to do except that which brings you bliss and joy. It's more of a not doing, as I said earlier, it's a space of just realizing and realizing and realizing and realizing and realizing and realizing. But the realizing is not a squinting. It's not like, let me go ahead and try to crank out some realizing. That's not it either. That's, that's forcing. That's trying to use the will, but we are designed to use the will, but it's more of a state of being than it is a pushing of the will. Mm-hmm. Always soft. It's never hard. On all levels, as above, so below, on forever, it will go. 
resistance creates rapids. Mm -hmm. So we don't resist current, the divine current, the omnipresent God current that is inherent in moving in everything, always and forever. Take God out of the equation, it all goes away. So when we don't resist that current by looking in the mirror and realizing how much you love yourself, it's over. Wow. So that was for me too. It was like the awareness came first. Right. You know, and becoming that witness of my thoughts. And then hearing those thoughts going, ooh, wow, damn, I don't talk to myself very nicely. You know, I wouldn't tell a stranger this kind of thing. And so then that self-love came in and it's unconditional self-love. Not I love you as long as you look good or I love you as long as life looks good and there's no stress. It's like, I love you no matter what. Like my soul chose me exactly as I'm supposed to be. No altering or, you know, no need to change, just, just as I am. That's delicious. And when you asked me a little bit ago, what did it look like? I can give you, I can give you an answer sort of that will describe mine was not looking in a mirror to convince myself. I love myself in that regard. My love for people taught me how to refine myself in such a way to be able to love them more. I love people. Seriously. And that was, that was taught to me by the compassion by my sister, who's no longer here. She passed many years ago, but she was my greatest teacher of compassion. She died from a condition called Frederick's ataxia, which is like muscular dystrophy, but of the nervous system, there was a degradation. And she went from a, a walk to a wobble, to a walker, to a wheelchair kind of thing. And it was my greatest teacher of some of the um, criticizing she had and people picking on and stuff like that taught me that's not how you treat people. And so the unfoldment for me was really just looking in the mirror of myself through other people. My whole life is truly about caring. And this new foundation, I'm, I am now an LLC Center of Light Foundation. I'm going to pour everything in this gate. Yeah, because it's not just you, right? I mean, no. so often it starts, though, with the discovering, the remembering of you. But when you get there, you realize, oh, it's not just me. It's everything. It's everyone. It's the planet, right? It's the earth. It's, it's humankind. It's galactic. It's everything. And when we take care of the all, then we are truly taking care of the me. <laughs> it's a shortcut to the homecoming that we all turn, churn, yearn, and burn for. Which mm. is distance between two points is a straight line. So instead of wobbling around, when we take care of the whole, just a simple disposition that a caring one that's inclusive into everything, just being that person is enough. Keith, it sounds like your greatest teachers so far from what you said was through loss and grief. Mm, there was, there were definitely some times in my life where I had loss and grief. Well, I did go through some loss and grief, be it with my family, biological relationships, 
with my sister and whoever else in my life at that time that moved me to some degree that someone I knew and loved for so many years is just now invisible. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> and then the relationships and how those things unfolded for me and how I felt about myself at that time and the level of consciousness I was wielding around. I felt so odd saying for the first time that my dad's death was almost a rebirth. Like he gave me life twice. Once in my life, you know, and then the other in his death. It felt weird saying that, but these traumas or pain, they really do help us get closer to our light in some way. A friend of mine once told me, you will not find God through the light. You can't, you can't do it. And so it got my attention, right? So I'm waiting, waiting. God can only be found in the dark. Because the light is already lit in the light. If we have light in our lives, then that's the aspect of God that is already illumined. Any area of our life that we have no joy, God simply is not being recognized. There is nothing else. <laughs> There's no other spiritual secret. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which your book, Homecoming, like you were just saying, that that's your newest book, right? Is Homecoming. Yeah. Crossing the bridge to the soul. What is the bridge? What does the bridge look like to you? The bridge is not only a bridge. It's also used in the word, the bridging of things, a crossing, something that goes from one way to the other, a pathway. The bridge is the heart, it's the love, it's the caring, all those things I've been, we've been talking about, that owning and living that disposition. That's the bridge. And when you first start on the journey, as you well know, it's a rope bridge. It's a crickety, rickety rope bridge, right? And you step on it and it goes across a wide cavern like the Mississippi River. So when you step on that thing, that thing's going to start wobbling. Hence the life lessons that come up. And so you have to learn your dance. You have to learn how the bridge is going to sway the wind of that day and how you're going to respond or not respond, but learn how to balance and let things happen. And you get better when you get to the center point. Now you're over the Mississippi River, right smack in the center, right? And so when we take that next 25%, the 75% mark, you've had a journey behind you from the beginning of the bridge to the center of it. And now you're climbing, you're actually finishing the process. That 75% mark is when the bridge stops wobbling because you've learned the vibration of the bridge. And now you don't have to hold on anymore. You can actually just walk down the bridge, even though it's swaying. That is the gate. When you enter into an awareness-based awareness state, that level of expanded consciousness, you can actually see the light at the end of the tunnel. Wow. You know what I just even thought of when you were saying that? I wonder if some part of our human body, that cellular memory, and you're talking about how we would maybe get used to, you know, the winds and the, the motion of life, basically. The dance. The if, right, the dance. Right. If there's some part of our cellular memory, just like when you learn how to ride a bike and get that balance. If you begin to merge, you know, with the frequency and that becomes a part of your cellular memory that you're able to do this dance. Wow. Boom. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hard. And for some people may say, well, Keith, you've been doing this for so many years. You've learned little tricks. You have put keys and fancy doors and you turned them and you got these perks out of it. That is true. Yeah. And if you're whoever you are listening to this hangout session with Shanna, <laughs> just be willing. That's the halfway point. If you don't take the initial step, nothing happens. So the wanting, the willing, the whatevering it takes to simply make a decision is the halfway point. It could be mm-hmm. 500 lifetimes you've shaved off of your journey, but nothing happens until you take the step. So be soft on yourself. Be easy. Don't stress so much. It's really just one thing you have to do. If you have a tree in your backyard and it's rotten, let's call that the negative stuff, uh, the unconscious aspect of the human's folly. You want to cut this tree down? Sure, you can cut each branch eventually. Or you can get a chainsaw and whack it at the bottom. And the tree simply just falls over. It's just done. So it's really just a purging. It's almost like an orgasm, really. Using the stress of your life um, to bring you to a point. When I say use the stress, I'm not asking you to go into meditation and call up a whole bunch of stuff. And, and really, no one can share with you how to do that. They can yeah. only tell you that this place does exist. I can tell you there's a light switch inside of all of us or you inside of you, whoever you may be. And you're, I can see because I've done a lot of spiritual work that you are so close to the switch. It's a little bit to your left. Flip it. <laughs> and and you, they can't really see it just yet. Bump them a little bit to the right. <laughs> I, can, I feel like I'm a student to you. I, I'm constantly wanting to learn and expand as part of, you know, my soul and, and what I enjoy the most. But the reason why I do sense of soul and the intention of it to begin was all just so no one felt alone. So that other people knew that, yeah, you know, I'm thinking these things too. I'm going through these things too. This is what I'm doing. Oftentimes you could feel so alone in this, especially if you're in a box and you just come into this life and bust out of this box. And then you're like, whoa, am I alone? That's dense. That's dense beliefs. It's very dense indoctrination, very dense, (laughs) a lot of impounding, compression, depression, anxiety. I know that we're a beautiful mess. We are a beautiful mess, but we're cleaning up our mess. Many people are. We talked about that place of simply wanting to be inside that 500, that halfway point. It's not really a doing, again, as I mentioned, it's not about walking to a place because the place you're ultimately going to get back to is where you are. You're not walking to a future timeline, which you were playing this game or writing this current in doing so. The place we are really wanting to arrive to is where we are right here, right now. And that takes self-trust. Absolutely. I have to trust that I... And, Well, two sides of the same coin, trust and awareness. I have to trust my awareness and in trusting and getting out of the way and letting things be as they are, the gate begins to open and it begins to exponentiate. Not only does it open, it begins to start opening faster and it starts, the experiences curve within themselves 
in a sort this cyclical nature of this snake that's eating its own tail begins to spin so fast it's creating this bang this being of light that you we all are inside in such a way that we're living in a time called revelation everything is being revealed who we are what we're not what we think others are and all that stuff it's really about being planted in yourself trusting caring loving nurturing everything just being that soft little spot what about the repatterning of your brain though i mean talk, going back to even cellular memory i mean we've got these i know in my family during my ancestry again we're talking deeply rooted beliefs right and i love your saying you say what do you say about belief why choose to believe when you can know is that what it is why choose to believe when you can know I mean, and it's a that it's all it's applicable all across the board in every religion. Hi, my name's Keith Blanchard. Nice to meet you. Uh, can I ask you a question? Why choose to believe when you can know? That leaves a person saying, you know, this is sort of a teaching tool that someone laid out for me. If there's something I can know about that will enhance my life on every level that a human being could possibly exist, I want to know what that is. That's important to me. That's good shit. That makes my existence, my eternal existence, a blissful one. Wow. So that is an actual practice, what I just said. It is. But early on in my journey, it was very similar. Tell me if, if this is the same. I asked myself how much of what I believed in had I experienced or how much of I believed in was I told to believe? Like how much of this that as my belief system, have I've just been told to believe that. And then of that, how much have I experienced? I had not experienced. And learning that stuff from very early on creates a monkey. And that monkey runs rampant in all of our heads. And it's nothing but nonsense. This is true. That isn't true. It's all nonsense. It's story time. It's telling someone else's story versus living our own, be it a, a religious belief, ideology, a political affiliate, whatever it is. It's all story. It's not real. It's mm -hmm. not real. And the monkey wants to keep yammering very loudly in our heads because he wants more. And so yeah. people think you can kill the monkey or you can... You can't do that. You can't kill the monkey. Why would you want to kill anything? Any, everything <laughs> in the universe has the right to be, even the egoic monkey. So what we can do to quieten him is give him what he's asking for. Give him a banana. Give him a spiritual <laughs> banana. So he can't talk, right? Ooh, ooh, ah, yeah, that's, that's his name. Ooh, ah, in that monkey's mouth. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. I love right? it. The monkey. <laughs> it's ooh, yeah. ooh, ah. He just wants to talk and yammer. Mm -hmm. So what is the banana? I said, listen, bro. I made this decision in a few meditations, but I realized it's not about the putting your hands together and praying, please. I just made a decision. I said, listen, and I really spoke to this. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, like <laughs> it was I said, listen, I know you want something, but you're talking so much. I can't figure it out what it is you want. If you be quiet long enough, obviously you can't get what you want. That's the why you keep bothering the shit out of me. If you stop talking, 
I promise you. I want the same thing. It may look a little different, but when we, we get it, you will be the first to know. And as I made this shift spelled out in this way, there was a quiet that began to come over me. Just leaving it talk, just talk. It's okay. Giving it nurture, nurturing it, giving it care, loving it and appreciating my ego. And then I realized I really like that aspect of me. It gives me an identity, mm-hmm. a person. It's my personhood. Mm-hmm. It's not this bad dragon or whatever. It's your name in lights, Keith, right? right? Absolutely. And it's your name in lights and John Doe's name. Right. In hey, look at me. I'm a fucking individual on this planet. Mm-hmm. We came here together. How you doing, dude? It's good to see you. You know, okay. When I want to melt back into the ocean, I'll just simply melt back into the ocean. Until then, I guess I'm going to be around here as key. Or until yeah. however long it takes me to do that. <laughs> but who's driving, right? Can't right. let the monkey drive. That's a good one, yeah. That's me, that identification of who's talking, who's listening. You know, I think that so many people, you know, if you're not aware of it, then you are the monkey. Yeah. When the monkey pulls us in, we become the monkey. Or the mind convinces us that we become the monkey. And we don't even know that the mind convinces that we are the monkey. It's just a, a big mess. So you become Godzilla and then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, now being a more conscious person, sometimes when I'm speaking to people, I'm speaking to Godzilla or I'm speaking to a curious George here. <laughs> right on. You know, and... I remember being them too, right? So I can still remember what that feels like. And it's a place I felt lost. That's when I felt lost. All just clusterfuck in my mind. It's so crazy because you think that it's so hard, but it's really so simple. You just have to be quiet and listen. You know, as we've been talking, I was saying there's no way to find the switch. But you know what just dawned on me as you were talking? I'm going to retract my statement and say, I have an idea that how to get your hand at least closer to that switch, how to turn the monkey off. So, and it, as I said, also, it's not a doing of a something. Sit in a chair. You can always do a meditation, but this is different. Sit in a chair with your eyes open, no TV, no stereo, nothing. Just sit. First thing it's going to happen is the monkey is not only, it's going to be the loudest you've ever heard your monkey. When you sit there by yourself, quiet, just nothing. Stay as long as you can. The monkey is going to get real loud. And then you start whittling with your spiritual carving knife, (laughs) chopping up this apple, start whittling at yourself. You will get there quickly, a lot quicker. Because you will see what you were never able to see, your noisy mind. So what do you do? You don't don't try to stop the noisy mind. Let it be, like you said, like you said, become the observer of it. And eventually it will begin to dissipate. Listen. You can do nothing. And the light of awareness, they say, the awareness of it is the light that will make the dark simply just vanish. Right. When you start to let that in. Correct. Right. It's like opening up the curtains in the morning. Right. Right. Over. Letting that light in. And the light is such a higher vibration. So the more you become this light, 
the things around you that are negative, did you find that they just like can't even exist? It's almost like you're the zapper, you know, and like the bugs are coming towards you. They can't even exist. As I look back, it's hard for me to imagine that they've ever existed, like you said. When I was who I was then, it was like, oh, I see things disappearing that's not productive or beneficial to, I assume disappearing from my life. Now that they've disappeared, it's like, I can't recall that experience anymore. It's like, they just bounce right off of you. And sometimes and, we're talking about Catholicism. One thing that blocks dogmas is that when people say you should accept Jesus into your heart, Jesus is your heart. So it's called in every being. Jesus is the heart. It's called the sacred heart or Christ rather, which is the oversoul of the man, Jesus and Buddha and all this. But you must accept Jesus into your heart. Jesus is the platform of who you are or Christ or any divine principle that is called by any label that truly is the, the most beautiful, most infinite possibility and goodness in, that anything could ever be. It doesn't matter what yeah. you call it. We're not special. I mean, well, we might be a little special. We all are special. No. We're not special in the fact that only you and I, Keith, and, and those who meditate or whatever, you know, have this. No, everybody does. It's like, but, you know, some people feel like they have to do a lot of work. They have to do all the meditation, all the shadow work, shadow work. (laughs) That's a big one. Yeah. It's either all shadow work or none of it's shadow work. Now I love Carl Jung. I will tell you, I love Carl Jung. Right on. But you're right though. There's a lot of things and you know, you wonder what are all these things? Are these things distractions times? Are they pulling us away from our light? I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. I, I get it. I like the Ascension game. I like the 5D game. I love all that stuff. It's fun. <laughs> it's an amusement park. Go enjoy the amusement park. But someday you got to go back home, base. But all of these things, these clicks, 5D Ascension, it's just noise. <laughs> it's just noise. It's Like you said, it's a distraction keeping us from what's next. I love this question. What's next? And I'm my, t- my tail is shaking like a little puppy dog. What's next? <laughs> what's next? I want what's next, but I want it now in a good way. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so funny because that's kind of how I felt coming out of every single like evolution of, the, of Shanna's soul. Like I felt like I've gone through many awakenings. Right. And then every time I come out of it, I was like, wow, that was amazing. What's next? Right. Oh, what's next? And the opposite one would be. You know, because we're excited and we want something more, we want more. Yeah. What's next? And the opposite, I would say, now what? <laughs> now what? All right, now this what? is what's going on in the world. Or, now what? You know, everything happens in its own time. This divinity, like, you know, sometimes it's not meant for you to know the things, or maybe it's, you can't receive these things yet. Do you find that? Because I found that with people, they can't receive what I'm telling them. And I get it. And so I respect that. It's not their time to hear it. Yeah. What you said, you don't always have to do something. Sometimes you have to just be. In that just being. Without doing the something, if you become aware, since you're doing nothing anyway, just become aware of the present moment. 
then that moment you're in will open up and expand and stretch wider. It'll last longer. What seems like took five seconds, it felt like 30 because you're in this level of joy that is so multi-layered. Uh, you will shave miles off of your journey home. Just oh be, my God. Just be yeah. it. Yeah. It's like in the void is the fullness. Zero. Woo. A point on a graduate instrument where the the opposite poles reckon. It's the set. Yeah. Look, we got this pole and we got this pole. And then we bring uh-huh. these two together. We're in prayer. That's the zero point. It's zero. It's nothing. And the nothing is everything. That is yeah. something. <laughs> and so it's this big dichotomy, this big ironic, all intelligent, omnipresent, all powerful energy mm-hmm. that is required for me to sit in this chair. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything. The only thing it isn't is afraid. <laughs> oh, that's a big thing. I'm glad you brought that up because I think fear is such a heavy thing that really stops people from really, you know, having that illumination of that light with it. That fear is heavy, dark. It's so dark. It actually, God doesn't even dwell there. God has yeah. no, God is actually ignorant of fear. The only way it understands fear is by what the effects are on its children. Mm. Right? It's not real. It's a it's a it's a fog. Mm-hmm. Product of the monkey. So, I yeah, but I mean, what happens when collectively we can collectively manifest fear into disease and COVID and war? And and I'm like watching this consciously, going, oh, of course, yes. War, of course. Look where we just came from. All of this fear, right? We're manifesting collectively, you know. And we're talking about like what can is, exist within that light right. that it can't exist within that. Yeah, the way fear works, we try to use fear to protect us from the very thing we are afraid of, and we don't realize by this ridiculous, unconscious loop that we find ourselves in. We're using fear, which has no grounds in, in truth in and of itself as something to step on, which it's not there because it doesn't exist as to why we fall. And we do this over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And collectively, it got out of hand. And we see, like you said, all these events in the world, but it's sort of like there's a collective pimple, a white head, big old juicy white head, right? <laughs> and it's being popped. Everything has come to the surface to create this infection that spirit is going to start squeezing on that zit. And we we are going to pop. That's the whole point. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I believe it. So, you know, I was also thinking of crossing that bridge. I had felt fear crossing bridges before, but you're shaking your heart's like affected your breath. is saying fear, 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 right. Tightening up, causing pain your mind's racing, all of the things that keep us from our light. But when you keep going and you get across and you take that deep breath, everything relaxes and you're like, I did it, right? The second time you go across that bridge, it's a little easier. Just keep going. You get a little stronger and the fear gets a little less. Is that the I call that jumping into the fire. When I was a kid, public swimming pool, all my friends uh-huh. are diving off the high dive board and Keith is holding on to the side saying, no. Then one day 
I said, I got to do this. So I get up the ladder. There's no way I can back out because there's a big, long line of children behind me. And they're saying, go, Keith. Keith, jump. Come on, dude, go. One, two, three. And I stopped. Oh, heck. And I jumped. When I hit the water, the flight on the way down was fun. When I hit the water, I I realized I didn't die. That thing I was so scared of holding that swimming pool edge. Mm -hmm. It shattered the illusion completely. It was an illusion. Liberation. That's jumping to the fire. Every time you do something like that, you're creating this brighter narrow pathway within you. Absolutely. That light, right? That light's now in your physical DNA. It's creating light in you. Brighter pathways, brighter light all over you, right? Now you're becoming light. Radiant. It's just like a light being on a lamp with no shade. The light just expresses itself in 360 directions. That same bulb in that lamp, take the shade off in every direction. It it radiates. It's brilliant that way. So when we start amping up the voltage, the connectivity, the conscious connection to the generator, the light is like turning up the dimmer switch. It just simply gets brighter. Yeah. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're just floating across that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What bridge? What bridge? We don't need a bridge. (laughs) You know, I come from a family who very conditioned, right? Out of fear out of fear, right? The fear caused generations to not be vulnerable, see vulnerability as an absolute negative. You know, you don't tell people these things. Don't be telling people you stuff, you know, you know, I've really broke that mold with that came my own experiences. Right. And some of the things that I've experienced, I think you have too. And so I really want to talk about it through dreams and also through meditation and also experiences with clients, I definitely believe in extraterrestrials. It's very interesting. What do you think? It's all real or none of it's real. And you can't have it both ways, but actually you can't, you can have it both ways, but you can't. (laughs) It's it's all just, it's all horse shit, but it's all beautiful. Extraterrestrials are there. I've experienced, I've been on Minecraft consciously more conscious than I am having this interview with right now. Um, mm-hmm. But there are also aliens. See, I call them two different things. Extraterrestrials okay. and extra, so they're good. Right. Alien yeah. means you don't belong on this okay. land, on this rock. You're an alien. You're foreign. This world was created for, for us to unfold our divine birthright, heaven on earth prophecy. We are children of the light. We are the light. But we're here as an extension, like on your hand, the hand would be God itself, the whole of the all, and each finger is each one of us. And so, and then you have the aliens, Bible calls them demons. It's all the same thing. And there's no escape from that. Everything is the same on every possible level. The higher beings, the angelics, the extraterrestrials, they just vibrate in their part of whatever non-existence existence they are in, and they play that out. Angelic kingdom, you know fairy kingdom, demonic hell. It's all, it's, it's all just, it gets wonky after a while, after a while. And when we realize that it all exists, you know, mm-hmm. if we think about a unicorn, well, that unicorn that I just mentioned now exists in your mental world. So it does mm-hmm. have an existence. So if God already thought of it as to why we can retrieve the thought of a unicorn 
If God holds this nugget, it's reality. Wow. I like that, that perspective. Yeah. When you said that you've been, you know, conscious in places that seemed more real than when, you know, than we are here today. I mean, I had a dream not too long ago. It was the craziest shit. I was in like this college classroom, like where it's almost like an auditorium and there was a voice and there's people there and I'm learning and I don't know, I, I don't remember anything what I was learning, but I, when I woke up, I was like, okay, I'm on break, but it's not time to wake up, you know, cause it's like four in the morning. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back to bed. I go back into this classroom. I woke up again and I was like, I'm on break again. And I could feel you know, like when you're, when you learn a bunch of stuff or even when you watch a movie that makes you think too much, I could feel like the heaviness of in my brain or it was energy. Like I could tell that I was learning something or being downloaded to something, but I wasn't conscious to it. I sat there the second time and I thought, which is real? <laughs> Am right. I on a break here? Who is this I we find ourselves in every situation since before we've been born and after you, who is this I, who is that? So if I am in this dream world, the I is the presence. The I is the I. So it's a reality because it's only a reality because I am there. If I'm not in the woods, I will not hear the tree fall. So (laughs) I is the real. Yeah. What's coming, what is our birthright is so beyond our feeble, love, possible way of ever understanding the joy, the bliss, the grace that the universe, God, Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, any ideal you hold, it's way beyond that. In fact, you're going to hurt yourself, so stop trying to understand what that is. Oh, yeah. It's bigger than I do. You're right. It was bigger than me. And I just let it go and just accepted that whatever it was, you know, let it be for the greater good in this evolution. It definitely was like, I felt that parallel universe. I felt that it was so very real to me. I was holding them both at the same time, that space. Mm. And I hope that whatever I'm doing in this life, that I am making it to when I return that I'm able to connect with that so I can remember and yeah. continue on evolution. Do you feel that way? Yeah. And that's, that's sort of what any spiritualist is doing to bridge the gap between those spaces, life and death. The purpose of life is so that we never bo- are born again. The purpose of death is so that we're never again die. It's the same thing. It's the same gate, the gate, the highway goes both ways. The bridge goes both ways, but the space between thought is a good space to be in, but also we can see differently that it's a hiccup in consciousness. So what we're trying to do is level out this consciousness as if it was being stretched versus here's one segment, chop. Here's another segment, chop. So where it's just, there's a lots of fluid movement. It's fluid in and of itself. It's like water versus bricks or stones, which is more dense. But yeah, I think that's the process of just being able to remember, re, I am a member. So I want to remember the larger aspect of myself, mm-hmm. which is eternal. You can never die ever. You will exist forever. And there ain't a God dang thing you can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 
So I must say also your music is amazing. A link, which I'm going to put in the show notes for Lavender Soul. And there's like this twin flame one, I believe, or something like that. Um, Oh my God, that was so beautiful. It's a song called Just to Know You There. I sat there and just closed my eyes and was in it. I loved it so much. There's There's no cadence to the song. It just floats. It's just this massage. Bernard's voice. The, yes. the lady's voice. Oh my God. The, the dance between them, the song, the lyrics, there's not a lot to it. There's no drums. It's just floating. Right. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's all. Yes. I, I really, I was like, Oh man, this is good. This is good. And I want people to listen to this. So I'm going to share the shit. I appreciate it. It. Can you please share with our listeners? all the things that you have, because you have so many things besides that you have the Center of Light Radio. Well, Center of Light Radio, when I interview people. Uh, Center of Light TV, when I do presentations and such. And now I'm just putting all that away. And when I created this LLC for Center of Light Foundation, which I'm now able to get government funding, financial support, I'm truly on a mission and self-proclaimed. I don't care what people think. I'm on a self-proclaimed mission that I'm going to make a serious difference. I absolutely have no doubt from a divine man who I'm able to converse with physically a couple of times a year, God on earth, literally, I did not misspeak, who knows that I'm speaking about him right now if he wanted to. This kind of power. I know I'm going to have financial resources and funding without a doubt, and I'm going to make a difference, which is my heart to feed people, shelter people, educate people about their own power, who they are. I'll feed you. You see that wall over there? Go paint it. Paint it whatever color you like. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. Engage in calm unity. That's where the power is. That's where the unity is. We connect on the higher mind as we have moved from the hive mind. The water flows endlessly and effortlessly. I love that. Thank you for answering the call to your purpose. Thank you for that. I had no choice. The knocks on my head started to hurt after a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed my also, time with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. It's just been such an honor to share this space with you. Can you also tell everybody about, because you have more than just with the homecoming book, you have the divine principle and for the love of God. Uh, Yeah, right. Um, That one took a long time, but the divine principle is how it all started. Took me eight years. I didn't just channel. I'm not a fan of that word. I didn't just channel a whole bunch of information and I'm a star seed from the planet. I don't play that monkey stuff. (laughs) It took me eight years to two years to write and make shape of the text and the grammar, but I had six years to live it. I had to live this to learn it. And then my trip to India from a, a, a book about a holy man who came to me in a dream, said, come see me in India. I said, I would love to. I said, how am I going to do this? He said, Keith, don't worry about it. I got it. Two weeks later, out of nothing, my phone rings. Debbie Jabour, hi, Debbie, who are you? Keith, we have a mutual friend. Word got to me that you want to go to India to see a holy man. I said, yes, ma'am. She goes, Keith, I'm a flight attendant. Word got to me that you want to go see a holy man, which I'm sure is something you really want to do she said, I want to give you a first class round trip companion pass so you can go 
see your holy man. So wow. I went to India, brought a tape recorder, logged my entire experience, but I wrote the book, not from the perspective of all those years ago when I was in India in 2000, I wrote it in present tense. This man is walking up to me right now. So the reader can feel what it was like as if you were in this body. Oh my God, Sathya Sai Baba just did this thing versus although he did this thing right. back then. And it kept things very present moment. And then I have a children's book series and homecoming is actually emerging of the divine principle mm-hmm. and for the love of God. But the divine principle is a book as if sort of like Neil Donald Walsh, Spirit and I are having a dialogue. Website is centerofLightRadio.com or KeithAnthonyBlanchard.com. YouTube is centerofLight.com slash centerofLightRadio. Facebook, just look up Center of Light Foundation. And we are in the process. This is unfolding in ways that Swamji, the man that I'm fortunate to be around, foretold. He said, don't worry, Keith, I got it. And things are unfolding out of nowhere. Someone wants to practice their new company, which is to help people get Roku channels on me at a discount that I just couldn't pass up. So really soon, we're going to have a Roku channel, which Roku is installed in every TV just around the world. Beautiful opportunity. So this is what I'm doing. And I appreciate your calling me to share this beautiful space with you. So I can in turn share more beautiful space with other people. Thank you. It's an absolute honor. I can't wait to see what you do. I can't wait for your Roku channel. <laughs> Let me know it, when that comes it'll out. It'll be a ride. That's what you'll be fun. Put on my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. I'm grateful. And it was yeah. a truly a joy to be in your space and meet you. Oh, you too. Thank you. Have a great day. Namaste. <laughs>
Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.